Section 14 of Madam How and Lady Why. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by E. Lee. Madam How and Lady Why by Charles Kingsley. Section 14, Chapter 12. Homeward Bound, Part 1 Come, I suppose you consider yourself quite a good sailor by now. Oh, yes, I have never been ill yet, though it has been quite rough again and again. What you call rough, little man. But as you are grown such a very good sailor, and also as the sea is all but smooth, I think we shall have a sail in the yacht today, and that a tolerably long one. Oh, how delightful! But I thought we were going home, and the things are all packed up. And why should we not go homewards in the yacht, things and all? What? All the way to England? No, not so far as that. But these kind people, when they came into the harbor last night, offered to take us up the coast to a town where we will sleep and start comfortably home tomorrow morning. So now you will have a chance of seeing something of the great sea outside, and of seeing, perhaps, the whale himself. I hope we shall see the whale. The men say he has been outside the harbor every day this week after the fish. Very good. Now do you keep quiet and out of the way while we are getting ready to go on board, and take a last look at this pretty place and all its dear, kind people and the dear kind dogs too and the cat and the kittens now come along and bundle into the boat if you have done bidding every one good-bye and take care you don't slip down in the ice groovings as you did the other day there we are off at last oh look at them all on the rock watching us and waving their handkerchiefs and harper and patty too and little jimsy and izzy with their fat bare feet and their arms round the dogs necks i am so sorry to leave them all not sorry to go home no but they have been so kind and the dogs were so kind i am sure they knew we were going and were sorry too Perhaps they were. They knew we were going away at all events. They know what bringing out boxes and luggage means well enough. Sam knew, I am sure, but he did not care for us. He was only uneasy because he thought Harper was going, and he should lose his shooting. And as soon as he saw Harper was not getting into the boat, he sat down and scratched himself quite happy. But do dogs think? Of course they do, only they do not think in words as we do. But how can they think without words? That is very difficult for you and me to imagine, because we always think in words. They must think in pictures, I suppose, by remembering things which have happened to them. You and I do that in our dreams. I suspect that savages, who have very few words to express their thoughts with, think in pictures like their own dogs. But that is a long story. We must see about getting on board now and under way. Well, and what have you been doing? Oh, I looked all over the yacht, at the ropes and curious things, and then I looked at the mountains till I was tired, and then I heard you and some gentlemen talking about the land sinking, and I listened. There was no harm in that? None at all. But what did you hear him say? 
that the land must be sinking here because there were peat bogs everywhere below high water mark is that true quite true and that peat would never have been formed where the salt water could get at it as it does now every tide but what was it he said about that cliff over there he said that cliff on our right a hundred feet high was plainly once joined on to that low island on our left what that long bank of stones with a house on it that is no house that is a square lump of mud the last remaining bit of earth which was once the moraine of a glacier every year it crumbles into the sea more and more and in a few years it will be all gone and nothing left but the great round boulder stones which the ice brought down from the glaciers behind us but how does he know that it was once joined to the cliff because that cliff and the down behind it where the cows are fed is made up like the island of nothing but loose earth and stones and that is why it is bright and green beside the gray rocks and the brown heather of the moors at its foot he knows that it must be an old glacier moraine and he has reason to think that moraine once stretched right across the bay to the low island and perhaps on to the other shore and was eaten out by the sea as the land sank down but how does he know that the land sank of that he says he is quite sure and this is what he says suppose there was a glacier here where we are sailing now it would end in an ice cliff such as you have seen a picture of in captain cook's voyages of which you are so fond you recollect the pictures of christmas sound in possession bay oh yes and the pictures of greenland and spitzbergen too with glaciers in the sea then icebergs would break off from that cliff and carry all the dirt and stones out to sea perhaps hundreds of miles away instead of letting it drop here in a heap and what did fall in a heap here the sea would wash down at once and smooth it over the sea bottom and never let it pile up in a huge bank like that do you understand i think i do therefore he says that great moraine must have been built upon dry land in the open air and must have sunk since into the sea which is gnawing at it day and night and will some day eat it all up as it would eat up all the dry land in the world if madam how was not continually lifting up fresh land to make up for what the sea has carried off oh look there someone has caught a fish and is hauling it up what a strange creature it is not a mackerel or a gurnet nor a pollock how do you know that why it is running along the top of the water like a snake and they never do that here it comes it has got a long beak like a snipe oh let me see see if you like but don't get in the way remember you are but a little boy what is it a snake with a bird's head no a snake has no fins and look at its beak it is full of little teeth which no bird has but a very curious fellow he is nevertheless and his name is garfish some call him greenbone because his bones are green but what kind of fish is he he is like nothing i ever saw i believe he is nearest to a pike though his backbone is different from a pike and from all other known fish but is he not very rare oh no 
he comes to devonshire and cornwall with the mackerel as he has come here and in calm weather he will swim on the top of the water and play about and catch flies and stand bolt upright with his long nose in the air and when the fisher boys throw him a stick he will jump over it again and again and play with it in the most ridiculous way and what will they do with him cut him up for bait i suppose for he is not very good to eat certainly he does smell very nasty have you only just found out that sometimes when i have caught one he has made the boat smell so that i was glad to throw him overboard and so he saved his life by his nastiness but they will catch plenty of mackerel now for where he is they are and where they are perhaps the whale will be for we are now well outside the harbour and running across the open bay and lucky for you that there are no rollers coming in from the atlantic and spouting up those cliffs in columns of white foam Hush! ah who was that cough just behind the ship who indeed look round and see there is nobody there could not be in the sea Look there a quarter of a mile away oh what is that turning over in the water like a great black wheel and a great tooth on it and oh it is gone never mind it will soon show itself again but what was it the whale one of them at least for the men say there are two different ones about the bay that black wheel was part of his back as he turned down and the tooth on it was his back fin but the noise like a giant's cough rather like the blast of a locomotive just starting that was his breath what as loud as that why not he is a very big fellow and has big lungs how big is he i cannot say perhaps thirty or forty feet long we shall be able to see better soon he will come up again and very likely nearer us where those birds are i don't want him to come any nearer you really need not be afraid he is quite harmless but he might run against the yacht he might and so might a hundred things happen which never do but i never heard of one of these whales running against a vessel so i suppose he has sense enough to know that the yacht is no concern of his and to keep out of its way but why does he make that tremendous noise only once and then go under water again you must remember that he is not a fish a fish takes the water in through his mouth continually and it runs over his gills and out behind through his gill covers so the gills suck up the air out of the water and send it into the fish's blood just as they do in the newt larva. Yes, I know. But the whale breathes with lungs like you and me, and when he goes under water, he has to hold his breath, as you and I have. What a long time he can hold him! Yes, he is a wonderful diver. Some whales, they say, will keep under for an hour, but while he is under, mind, the air in his lungs is getting foul and full of carbonic acid, just as it would in your lungs if you held your breath. So he is forced to come up at last, and then out of his blowers, which are on the top of his head, he blasts out all the foul breath, and with it the water which has got into his mouth in a cloud of spray. Then he sucks in fresh air as much as he wants, and dives again, as you saw him do just now. And what does he do under water? 
look and you will see look at those birds we will sail up to them for mr whale will probably rise among them soon oh what a screaming and what a fighting how many sorts there are what are those beautiful little ones like great white swallows with crested heads and forked tails who hover and then dip down and pick up something terns sea swallows and there are gulls in hundreds you see large and small gray-backed and black-backed and over them all two or three great gannets swooping round and round oh one has fallen into the sea yes with a great splash just like a cannonball and here he comes up again with a fish in his beak if he had fallen on your head with that beak of his he would have split it open I have heard of men catching gannets by tying fish on a board and letting it float, and when the gannet strikes at it, he drives his bill into the board and cannot get it out. But is not that cruel? I think so. Gannets are of no use for eating or anything else. What a noise! It is quite deafening. And what are those black birds about who croak like crows or parrots? Look at them. Some have broad bills with a white stripe on it and cry something like the moorhens at home. Those are razor bills. And what are those who say maroc? Something like a parrot. The ones with thin bills? They are guillemots, murs as we call them in Devon. But in some places they call them marocs from what they say. And each has a little baby bird swimming behind it. Oh, there! The mother bird has cocked up her tail and dived, and the little one is swimming about looking for her. How it cries! It is afraid of the yacht. And there she comes up again and cries Maroc to call it. Look at it swimming up to her and cuddling to her, quite happy. Quite happy. And do you not think that any one who took a gun and shot either that mother or that child would be both cowardly and cruel? But they might eat them. These seabirds are not good to eat. They taste too strong of fish oil. They are of no use at all, except that the gulls and terns' feathers are put into girls' hats. Well, they might find plenty of other things to put in their hats. So I think. Yes, it would be very cruel, very cruel indeed, to do what some do. Shoot at these poor things and leave them floating about wounded till they die. But... I suppose if one gave them one's mind about such doings and threatened to put the new sea-fowl act in force against them and find them and show them up in the newspapers, they would say they meant no harm and never thought about its being cruel. Then they ought to think. They ought, and so ought you. Half the cruelty in the world, like half the misery, comes simply from people's not thinking, and boys are often very cruel from mere thoughtlessness. So when you are tempted to rob birds' nests, or to set the dogs on a moorhen, or pelt wrens in the hedge, think and say, how should I like that to be done to me? I know. But what are all the birds doing? Look at the water, how it sparkles. It is alive with tiny fish fry, bret, as we call them in the west, which the mackerels are driving up to the top. Poor little things! How hard on them! The big fish at them from below, and the birds at them from above. And what is that? 
thousands of fish leaping out of the water scrambling over each other's backs what a curious soft rushing roaring noise they make aha the eaters are going to be eaten in turn those are the mackerel themselves and i suspect they see mr whale and are scrambling out of the way as fast as they can lest he should swallow them down a dozen at a time look out sharp for him now i hope he will not come very near no the fish are going from us and past us if he comes up he will come up astern of us so look back there he is that i thought it was a boat yes he does look very like a boat upside down but that is only his head and shoulders he will blow next oh what a jet of spray like the geysers and the sun made a rainbow on the top of it he is quite still now yes he is taking a long breath or two you need not hold my hand so tight his head is away from us and when he goes down he will go right away oh he is turning head over heels there is his back fin again and ah was that not a slap how the water boiled and foamed and what a tail he had and how the mackerel flew out of the water yes you are a lucky boy to have seen that i have not seen one of those gentlemen show his flukes as they call them since i was a boy on the cornish coast where is he gone hunting mackerel away out at sea but did you notice something odd about his tail as you call it though it is really none it looked as if it was set on flat not upright like a fish's but why is it not a tail just because it is set on flat not upright and learned men will tell you that those two flukes are the rudiments that is either the beginning or more likely the last remains of two hind feet but that belongs to the second volume of madame howe's book of kind and you have not yet learned any of the first volume you know except about a few butterflies look here here are more whales coming don't be frightened they are only little ones mackerel hunting like the big one what pretty smooth things turning head over heels and saying hush hush they don't really turn clean over and that hush is their way of breathing are they the young ones of that great monster no they are porpoises that big one is i believe a bottle-nose but if you want to know about the kinds of whales you must ask dr flower at the royal college of surgeons and not me and he will tell you wonderful things about them how some of them have mouths full of strong teeth like these porpoises and others like the great sperm whale in the south sea have huge teeth in their lower jaws and in the upper only holes into which those teeth fit others like the bottle-nose only two teeth or so in the lower jaw and others like the narwhale two straight tusks in the upper jaw only one of which grows and is what you call a narwhale's horn oh yes i know of a walking stick made of one and strangest of all how the right whales have a few little teeth when they are born which never come through the gums but instead they grow all along their gums an enormous curtain of clotted hair which serves as a net to keep in the tiny sea animals on which they feed and let the water strain out you mean whalebone is whalebone hair 
so it seems and so is a rhinoceros's horn a rhinoceros used to be hairy all over in old times but now he carries all his hair on the end of his nose except a few bristles on his tail and the right whale not to be done in oddity carries all his on his gums but have no whales any hair no real whales but the manatee which is very nearly a whale has long bristly hair left don't you remember M's letter about the one he saw at Rio Janeiro? This is all very funny, but but what is the use of knowing so much about things, teeth, and hair? What is the use of learning Latin and Greek, and a dozen things more which you have to learn? You don't know yet, but wiser people than you tell you that they will be of use some day. And I can tell you that if you would only study that garfish long enough, and compare him with another fish something like him who has a long beak to his lower jaw and none to his upper and how he eats i cannot guess and both of them again with certain fishes like them which m agassi has found lately not in the sea but in the river amazon and then think carefully enough over their bones and teeth and their history from the time they are hatched why you would find out i believe a story about the river amazon itself more wonderful than all the fairy tales you ever read now there is luncheon ready come down below and don't tumble down the companion stairs and by the time you have eaten your dinner we shall be very near the shore so here is my little man on deck after a good night's rest and he has not been the least sick i hear not a bit but the cabin was so stuffy and hot i asked leave to come on deck what a huge steamer but i do not like it as well as the yacht it smells of oil and steam and and pigs and bullocks too i am sorry to say don't go forward above them but stay here with me and look round where are we now what are those high hills far away to the left above the lowlands and woods those are the shore of the old world the welsh mountains and in front of us i can see nothing but flat land where is that that is the mouth of the severn and avon where we shall be in half an hour more and there on the right over the low hills i can see higher ones blue and hazy those are an island of the old world called now the mendip hills and we are steaming along the great strait between the mendips and the welsh mountains which was once a coral reef and is now the severn sea and by the time you have eaten your breakfast we shall steam in through a crack in that coral reef and you will see what you missed seeing when you went to ireland because you went on board at night oh where have we got to now where is the wide severn sea two or three miles beyond us and here we are in the narrow little avon narrow indeed i wonder that the steamer does not run against those rocks but how beautiful they are and how the trees hang down over the water and are all reflected in it yes the gorge of the avon is always lovely i saw it first when i was a little boy like you and I have seen it many a time since, in sunshine and in storm, and thought it more lovely every time. Look, there is something curious. What? Those great rusty rings fixed into the rock? Yes, those may be as old, for aught I know, as Queen Elizabeth's or James' reign. 
but why were they put there for ships to hold on by if they lost the tide what do you mean it is high tide now that is why the water is almost up to the branches of the trees but when the tide turns it will all rush out in a torrent which would sweep ships out to sea again if they had not steam as we have to help them up against the stream so sailing ships in old times fastened themselves to those rings and rode against the stream till the tide turned and carried them up to bristol but what is the tide and why does it go up and down and why does it alter with the moon as i have heard you all saying so often in ireland that is a long story which i must tell you something about some other time now i want you to look at something else and that is the rocks themselves in which the rings are they are very curious in my eyes and very valuable for they taught me a lesson in geology when i was quite a boy and i want them to teach it to you now what is there curious in them this you will soon see for yourself even from the steamer's deck that they are not the same rock as the high limestone hills above they are made up of red sand and pebbles and they are a whole world younger indeed some say two worlds younger than the limestone hills above and lie upon the top of the limestone now you may see what i meant when i said that the newer rocks though they lie on the top of the older were often lower down than they are but how do you know that they lie on the limestone look into that corner of the river as we turn round and you will see with your own eyes there are the sandstones lying flat on the turned-up edges of another rock yes i see the layers of it are almost upright then that upright rock underneath is part of the great limestone hill above so the hill must have been raised out of the sea ages ago and eaten back by the waves and then the sand and pebbles made a beach at its foot and hardened into stone and there it is and when you get through the limestone hills to bristol you will see more of these same red sandstone rocks spread about at the foot of the limestone hills on the other side but why is the sandstone two worlds newer than the limestone because between that sandstone and that limestone come hundreds of feet of rock which carry in them all the coal in england don't you remember that i told you that once before oh yes but i see no coal between them there no but there is plenty of coal between them over in wales and plenty too between them on the other side of bristol what you are looking at there is just the lip of a great coal box where the bottom and the lid join the bottom is the mountain limestone and the lid is the new red sandstone or trias as they call it now but the coal you cannot see it is stowed inside the box miles away from here but now look at the cliffs and the downs which they tell me are just like the downs in the holy land and the woods and villas high over your head and what is that in the air a bridge yes that is the famous suspension bridge and a beautiful work of art it is i stare at it and wonder at it little man of course but is it not wonderful yes it was a clever trick to get those chains across the gulf high up in the air but not so clever a trick as to make a single stone of which those piers are built or a single flower or a leaf in those woods the more you see of madam howe's masonry and carpentry 
the clumsier man's work will look to you but now we must get ready to give up our tickets and go ashore and settle ourselves in the train and then we shall have plenty to see as we run home more curious to my mind than any suspension bridge and you promised to show me all the different rocks and soils as we went home because it was so dark when we came from reading very good end of section fourteen